Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to expand your social, intellectual, and economic capital. Investing on and off the farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. There's a culture aspect that's overlooked quite often. I mean, business is business, but I think that there's so many things within the agriculture industry, such as seasonality, our emotions. There's so much tied into it and layered in. And that's why I say think of an ag coach as a life coach, but with all the realities of agriculture layered into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Farming for Passive Income. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. Today, we are joined by Casey Bull. She is an ag coach known as Ag Coach Casey. She is from West Central Indiana and is a fourth-generation farmer daughter. She is a certified leadership coach and has a passion for helping others in the industry, taking a few things up a notch. She does this through AgriMinds, her 12-week program um, that focuses on intertwining personal and professional development for those in the agricultural industry. Casey, stoked to have you on the show. Thank you. Me too. I'm really excited to dive in. Yeah, I'm I'm always interested in these subjects, um, mindset, goal setting, structure. I could always use help with more structure, and I think a lot of us can as well. Um, so excited to get a few gold nuggets out of you today and really dive into this like 12-week coaching program that you're putting on as well. I think it's super interesting. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, um, let's just start at the beginning. Like, how'd you get into Ag Coach? I feel like this is a, kind of a new thing, new trend in the industry. You know, we're seeing like these coaches pop up all around us, but I don't see very many in the agricultural space. So if you could kind of rewind us a bit and take us back to how you got into this, I think that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I grew up in the agriculture industry, went to college, got a degree in agriculture, And I tried to find a mentor or a coach of my own that could help me kind of just figure out how to level up. I mean, my, my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad worked on the farm, but I didn't really have anyone that could help me outside of that develop professionally. And I wish that an ag coach existed. I mean, I had heard of life coaching. I had heard of, um, you know, obviously there's coaches in like physical training, things like that. But I didn't really know of anything that existed where someone took personal and professional development, intertwined it, added the mentorship to it, but also helped with goal setting and things like that, too. And so uh, through my years of just trying to find something like that, I realized it didn't exist and I had a passion for it. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And so I went through and got different certifications in leadership, financial coaching, um, gone through a couple of different leadership programs myself, and then I've taken my ag background, kind of combined it all together, and that's where we are today. That's great. Combining basically your entire background into one one service or product, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, so it's one I, of the things you can't teach, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, I was reading something, I think actually just recently on your Instagram. It was like, you can't ride a bike if you 
have never been taught how to ride a bike or have never experienced it yourself. And the same thing applies to this, it seems like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 one of those things like you have to just get up and try it. But you really need someone there to kind of guide you through it. It's it's doable on your own. But man, it can be really tricky. So to have somebody in your corner that understands what you're going through, understands our culture, understands what it's like to leave the farm, work in the corporate America space, and then be able to just guide you in all of those areas and have the certification of life coaching, if you will, on top of that, oh, it just helps in so many ways. I wish I had someone like mm -hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel you. And especially from the ag space, because there's plenty of people that come in from the outside that don't know anything about farming and say, we can do this specifically for your farm without understanding the intricacies or how anything works. Yeah, I, there's a there's a culture aspect that's overlooked quite often. I mean, business is business, but I think that there's so many things within the agriculture industry, such as seasonality, our emotions. There's so much tied into it and layered in. And that's why I say think of an ag coach as a life coach, but with all the realities of agriculture layered into it. Hmm. Yeah. So how do you build those things like seasonality and variability and all the things that farmers and ranchers like have to deal with on a yearly basis? Like, how do you build that into your program that you're that you've developed over time? So the program that I, I focus on mostly is called Agriminds, which is a group coaching program. Um, and then I also just do one on one stuff. Um, how I, I tie that into is knowing that there's there's got to be flexibility, right? Like my my next group session kicks off July third. We're gonna meet once a once a week every Monday, but knowing that it's gonna run through harvest. If there's someone that can't make it, I'll record the session and they can you know listen to it while they're in the tractor, you know, afterwards or whenever they can. So I mean, like I'm obviously very flexible in that. I think that's a really cool piece. Is like I understand it, but. Um, I also hold them accountable because I also really um, emphasize the importance of boundaries, knowing what your values are, knowing when you're committed to something. So if you say you're going to sign up for something, like commit to that, find the time to invest in yourself and work on yourself. And so most people might make the time for it. So I don't have to really worry about the seasonality as far as the program goes, but just understanding like life happens, understanding, Hey, this is the situation I'm working through mm -hmm. um, on the farm. Can you help me with the personnel? Well, I understand what that's like. I understand, um, you know, some of the challenges that they may face because they're working with family members. I may understand uh, some things that someone who wasn't in the agriculture industry about our budgets, right? Like you talk about passive income all the time. Some farms don't get a monthly budget. They get one budget one time a year and they have to figure out how to make that work. This year's budget is going to look completely yep. different than next year's budget. And those are things that we have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, budgets are huge. And especially when you're dealing with, like you said, an annual budget that is not adjusted for inflation you get the harvest and then you have to use that, pay yourself, use that for the next year. But that is not inflation adjusted. Like as we just saw, like inflation will eat 20% of that in, in a year. And then you are stuck with that. So managing that is critically important, especially now. 
Well, absolutely. And I think when we talk about investing in ourselves, which I highly promote, investing in yourself personally and professionally, that should come out of a different budget than investing into your farm. And so those are things that we talk about, right? Like I think your farm account should absolutely be separate from your personal account. And so you you make all these investments mm-hmm. in your equipment and your um, all the inputs that you use on the farm. It's the same type of investment, but in yourself. And so having been in the industry, I understand not only the differences, but the importance of each of those things as well. And that's something, again, I don't think someone outside of the agriculture industry would quite understand. Yeah, I get it. From a tax write-up perspective, I feel like you could probably rope that into to, to professional development though, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not going to give any kind of financial advice on that because, you know, that could get uh, tricky. But of course. absolutely, there are... There are a lot of people yeah. in the AgriMinds program whose boss has um, you know, supported them financially, either as saying like, hey, you're an employee of mine, I will make this investment for you, or we'll do 50-50. So I mean, there's there's options like that. But then yeah, absolutely. It, this is something that it's going to help you manage your, your farming operation better. It could help you manage your small business better. I mean, I've had conversations, for example, with a dairy who... They they want to understand what their personnel looks like so that way they can put the right people on the right tasks. So they're willing to invest in their personnel through AgriMinds. And that's something that a business could absolutely write off. So like I said, I'm not a, a tax professional, so I don't want to give any advice mm-hmm. there, but I think it's definitely worth exploring. Mm-hmm. But you touched on a really good point there where essentially you have to put the people in the right spots and develop a supportive network. And do you talk a lot about that in in your programs? Yeah, that's going to be week two and three. We spend diving into a model called the working genius, Mm. which essentially is like 20% personality assessment, 80% productivity tool. The members will take this assessment. It'll tell us what their working genius is. And then we can build a team map to see what kind of person needs to be on what types of projects. So if you have people, for example, that are more of a thinker rather than a doer, you don't want them doing all these physical tasks. You may want them helping you think about processes and procedures. And so just knowing what your team brings to the Mm. table is going to bring productivity up and burnout down. And so that's something that we spend, like I said, in weeks two and three in the AgriMinds program. And it's, it's one of those things where it should be really simple, but it's very overlooked. Oh, definitely. I mean, just speaking from personal experience, like we were always doing things. And all of the thinking was really in my dad's hands in his office, you know, planning everything. And then he would create the plan. And then we would go execute the plan with with him as well. But very little was that collaborative approach to, you know, thinking and designing things on the forefront. I think that hierarchy is very typical in many family farms and many businesses as well. I mean, if you go to a, a company that should fall on the manager or, you know, some leadership type of role, but if they're not the person that has the gift of wonder or invention or discernment, for example, which are three of the working geniuses, that's going to be really frustrating to mm. them. That's going to burn them out in that role. And if you had someone on your team that did have that and you could collaborate with them and not only fill their cup up and make them feel really valued and utilized, 
you could relieve that pressure off of yourself. And it's, it's like I said, kind of not uh, shunned, but it's like, oh, that must show that I'm not a good leader or not a good manager if I'm not capable of being able to do that. And, um, you know, I use this example uh, a lot. There was this president of this company who did not have the gift of wonder, discernment, or invention. He was a tenacious enabler, which means he is someone Mm. that wants to get things done and he's willing to step in and make it happen. So he got viewed as Mm. a micromanager for one, but it was really frustrating to him because he couldn't get creative on how to come up with these new projects. He couldn't get the game plan in place. And he was pacing back and forth in his office one day. It was like 536 o'clock at night. The janitor walks in and he's like, yo, okay, boss. Like you seem a little frustrated. And the, the, the president of the company just started like venting to him. And the janitor was like, oh, why don't you do X, Y, Z? The janitor had the gift of wonder and invention. And so then moving forward, the president of the company and the janitor had little sessions together at 6 p.m. every night. And even though that that janitor wasn't in a leadership role, he made such an impact in that company. And so it's like, you could just tap into those around you if you had this language. And I think so many people get burnt out or think that they're not good at a certain role or a certain task because they don't have that awareness about themselves of what they can truly bring to the table. And they're afraid to tell that to other people because it may look like, they're weak or not capable or not as good as what other people think that they should be. And I think that's so huge in running any kind of business, especially someone who's trying to earn passive income on the side too. Like if you're investing in businesses that don't align with your genius, it's going to fail. And so I think just having the awareness of yourself and awareness of those around you and know, okay, just because I don't have this ability doesn't mean that I'm weak or not smart or can't bring some value to the table. And I think especially in the agriculture industry, that's something that we've we've not talked a whole lot about. <laughs> and so that's something I love to talk about. And like you said at the beginning, this this personal professional development thing is accepted in the industry, but it's it's still a newer conversation. Mm-hmm. I love that you bring up the that story because I often think of that when I'm just roaming around looking at various people in different roles, whether it's my company, other people's company, everyone has an insight and everyone has a different experience and outlook on the world and knowledge. So, and it's completely different than yours. So I think it's really important that people really think about flat hierarchies and really just respect the fact that everyone has something to contribute more and above what they're probably already contributing to the, to the company. Oh, absolutely. Just like a janitor. And it relieves you of the pressure and the expectation to deliver on something that is not easy for you to typically deliver on. Like it gives yourself not an excuse, but more so grace, if you will. Yeah. A lot more grace. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so is that kind of one of the the strategies that you that you're implementing for the success in this agricultural space? You know, the discernment piece and leveraging the people or getting people in the right right roles. Oh yeah, that's that's one of my big things. And you know, I didn't know about this tool early on. Like um, 
for example, yesterday, I or not yesterday, Friday, I gave a workshop about the working genius to a 40 plus women in agriculture. And one of the things that I shared with them is like growing up on the farm, one of the favorite things that I wanted to do was go work ground because I could set the auto steer and I could just daydream all the time. Like it was so filling <laughs> for me. I love to think about the possibilities of our farm. I love to think about what new crops we could put in the areas that weren't quite as productive for corn and soybeans. Like I loved being able to come up with those types of things, but I had the gift of wonder. And then I looked at my sister, for example, who did not have the gift of wonder and sitting in a tractor for hours and hours was like the worst thing ever for her. She's like, I would literally rather do mm -hmm. anything other than that. I don't want to be in my own head, in my own thoughts. I'm bored out of my mind. I'm confined in one space. I'm sitting still like it drove her nuts. And I just never understood it. And so I felt really lazy and unproductive because the gift that I had wasn't a tangible thing. And what she could do was go and like actually be productive with physical items. But if you were to ask her, hey, what's your opinion on if we were to diversify our farming operation with this type of crop, or if we were to make an investment on a new piece of equipment, what would be the best thing? She would freeze and become paralyzed because she can't come up with those types of thoughts. And so, you know, like those were just two different gifts mm -hmm. that we brought to the table. And I love to share those types of scenarios because had you had us swapped doing different projects, if you had me going out and doing the tedious work in the office, for example, and having her run the cultivator, we would have been going crazy. But just knowing that about myself now, looking back, I could have raised my hand and been like, dad, I belong in the tractor. She belongs in the office doing book work. Like those are the right places for us, you know? And like that, that's just so common these days of like, you just assume, oh, here's my four daughters. I'm going to go, you go do this, you go do that, you go do this without ever actually considering what gifts or strengths that we bring to the table. And we could have been so much more productive because if you had me in the office doing math, I would have been banging my head on the table. But that's something that my sister helped <laughs> me out with. And so it's like just understanding those dynamics and those strengths could have saved so much headache, so many fights from being, you know, potentially tearing us apart for the day. And we would have been so much more productive. So yeah, I absolutely implement mm -hmm. this into like every single conversation I have, because I just think it's so important on the family farm, at the office, and even at home too. I mean, it's, it's changed my marriage being able to have this kind of awareness about myself. And it has, it's helped me grow personally, and it's helped in my professional success as well. Oh, so you're also taking these principles and applying it to your personal relationships as well then? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love to live at the crossroads or the intersection of personal and professional development and having these types of tools and these kinds of insights. Because if you think about agriculture, it is so intertwined with all that we do. I mean, say you work on a ranch. I mean, the things that you're doing... Yep outside your home are directly influencing what's happening on the inside of your home. If you run a dairy, I mean, it's all connected. It very seldom do we separate work from life in agriculture. It's possible people do it to an extent, but it's just, we're so passionate about what we do and we're so passionate about our industries. So even as much as we wanted to separate the two, like 
we're still very emotionally tied to our work. So I absolutely see it influencing every area of our life. Yeah, they are very intertwined. I mean, just thinking of a very simple example here, one of our irrigation pumps feeds our fields and it also waters our lawn. So when you turn one on, you have to make sure that everything is connected, all of the the valves, everything is running in sync and you're not watering the wrong fields or the wrong lawns. So it's very intertwined. And then you take that one step further and you think about your relationships with the farm just outside of physical equipment, it still there's still linkages there. Oh, I love that example. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because if you're not looking at the entire map or route of those pivots, those pipes, you could be overwatering one area and the other area is like like drying out and like depleting from the nutrients. Like you're suffering over yeah. here because you've spent so much time over here. And I, I use that example a lot. Like if you look at your personal and your professional development, like you're one human being. But if you only work on your professional development, you're going to lose sight of the personal things in your life your family, your friends, your hobbies, the core values of who you are. But then if you spend only all of your focus on your personal stuff, you may lose sight of, you know, like your professional side of like, what can I bring to the table? What skills have I sharpened? What investments have I made in my education that are not being utilized? I mean, so there is a right balance for that. And I think there's a sweet spot to find what works for you in what season of your life. And now it also may depend on the season of the year too, right? Like we may need to really focus in on our business from April to June, but then really hone in our family time through the summer and then come harvest again, we may need to turn that professional dial up a little bit more and focus on our business. And so Mm -hmm. I think understanding when and where we need to be adjusting, like it's like a constant, um, a constant variable that you just need to keep an eye on to say, yep, this is this type of seasonal that I'm in and I need to focus on these things, but also communicating with those around me to say, Hey, this is planting season. I've got to really put my best foot forward towards my business, which means my family may have to sacrifice. My personal side may need to take the back burner for a little while, but that's just the nature of our business. And I know that most people know this, but they don't know how to communicate it. And that's where I can come in to say, Hey, this is, the conversation that we can have, I can kind of walk through, uh, you know, what words to use or what approach to use based off of how that other person in the conversation likes to receive information. You know, like uh, my husband, for example, loves to get notes. So he wants to read it so he can fully digest it. But having a verbal conversation Mm. with him, like doesn't give him enough time to like really process what's going on because I say so much so often that it's like, I don't even know what you're saying. (laughs) And which I think is pretty typical for a husband and wife dynamic. But, um, you know, if I really want to convey an important message to him, I'm going to tell him out loud and then I'm going to text him or vice versa and say, hey, I really want to talk about this point, this point and this point. And so he can like mentally prepare himself for that because like he's so focused on so many other things that he can tend to let want something go in one year out the other, especially during you know, a a season where we're outside working and he's trying to focus on the yield monitor. And I'm trying to tell him about the things that I want to go do this weekend, right? Like 
<laughs> yeah. His brain is doing two very different things at that point. So I know, okay, I had this conversation with him, but then once I leave the combine, I'm going to text him what we just talked about because I want proof that we talked about it and he can, you know, revisit that conversation. So like mm-hmm. just things like that, I know that about myself and I know that about him. And I think just, again, having that awareness of what's important to me, what's important to him. And another uh, example of, you know, how the working geniuses kind of helped people at home is there was this husband and wife that I was working with. And the wife was someone who was like a go-getter, like go get things done. Here's my to-do list. I've got to go to work. Like boom, boom, boom. The husband is a wanderer like me. And he wanted to go like his, his way of bonding was to go sit on the back porch and just relax after a long day and just do nothing. He didn't even want to talk. He just wanted to go look outside. And the wife was like, like, why are you not talking to me? Like, did I do something wrong? And he's all thinking, this is amazing. We're just sitting here soaking it up. Like, so they're coming from two very different perspectives. And she goes, this has saved my marriage because I know he's a wanderer. That's how he likes to recharge. That's his gift. That's how he feels productive. And I feel productive by going and getting things done. So if I'm sitting on the, the back porch, I feel lazy. I feel like I'm not getting anything done. But I'm willing to put that aside because I know right now in this season, I don't have a whole lot of time with him. So we're going to soak up this time. I'm going to set my frustrations aside and I'm going to let him charge his self. And so, again, that's Mm -hmm. helping people on the farm. That's helping people in their marriage. It's just been it's been a game changer for me. And I even know this about my parents now. So as we're farming together. I can say like, dad, are you just spitballing ideas because you're working in your invention mode? Or do you want my discernment to kick in? And do you want me to vet them? Because you may not want me to vet them right now. So like, you know, he just may be wanting to spitball ideas, not have me say yep. yes, no, yes, no, where it may feel like, no, I'm not knocking down every one of your ideas. I'm just vetting them on the fly. And so like, being able to have that communication with him of like, okay, yeah, we don't need to go spray here. We shouldn't go do this. Um, This is a more important task over here. So like we can kind of do this in real time, but give each other the the grace and the the understanding of what the context is around it. I love that you bring that up because that really hits home for me because sometimes I can get just get on tears of ideas and rants um, for I don't know, 30 minutes at a time, but people are around me. Like I, I, they don't really know how to process it sometimes. And so I just have to say, I'm just spitballing here. Like these are just some random thoughts and you can contribute or also just like, let it go in one ear and out the other. (laughs) I should probably preface that. (laughs) Yeah, this is so good because like in my mind, I'm assuming you've probably got a genius of invention, but if, if you didn't know that about yourself of like, I'm just spitballing ideas and everybody else was over there saying, Casey, that's a terrible idea. You're like, I wasn't really looking for feedback on that, but now you've hurt my feelings because you thought my idea was bad, but I didn't even have a chance to discern it yet. So like, mm. you know what I mean? You, you also know that about yourself of saying, okay, if they yeah. have the gift of discernment, they didn't mean anything by a no or go on the idea that I just presented. It was just them living in their genius and you living in yours. But now you can have the language around it and say, like, I'm just eyeball, like, like coming up with ideas right now. I'm not looking for feedback. I just want you to hear me. 
And like, that could be the whole yep. game changer of the conversation and how it could have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like, people would just think so differently. Like for me, I need to at least have a base understanding, like real estate investing, for example, like all of the different asset classes and commercial real estate investing. Like I had to understand each one um, before I decided on the one or two that I really wanted to focus on providing investment opportunities because it fit XYZ for my investors, right? But that mm-hmm. was my process. I need to go out, learn all the things, and then focus right down into what I think I believe is the right investment thesis for for us. And so, but if I'm in that process and I'm sp- learning and spitballing all these ideas to different people to really work through my own thoughts. And they don't know that that's my process because I didn't communicate that to them. Then that there's going to be, um, there's going to be some friction to say it simply. Oh, absolutely. And you may know that about yourself now and moving forward, you get that out of your system prior to your meeting with them. You may call in a third party and say, I've got all these ideas. I got a brain dump on somebody, but you know, you don't necessarily want to do that in the moment with a client, because if they're Mm -hmm. not an idea person, you could potentially ruin a relationship with them because they're going to feel intimidated, right? Like the guilt around something, like if I don't have ideation and somebody else is on a roll going nuts with ideas, I'm going to feel really (laughs) inferior and I'm going to feel really dumb. And I'm going to feel like, I can't keep up with this guy and I'm going to feel like maybe this isn't a good relationship, a good working relationship between us. I'm going to go find someone who can be on my level. I want to feel like I can relate and I want to be in a room where I don't feel like an idiot. And so now that you know this about yourself, you could potentially have a stronger relationship with these clients because you've, you've gotten that out of the way. You've scratched your itch before you got on the conversation and you don't risk having that misunderstanding in those um, conversations. Yeah, for sure. And I think I've actually learned, gone through that the hard way with my dad when I was going through this entire journey that I've been on. And I've been updating him and teaching him and just answering his questions like very, a lot of that has been going on as well. And he wasn't sure, like, should he discern this idea that Casey just brought to him or, or not? Should we just let Casey go on a rant for a while? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a game changer. And like I said earlier, we've done team maps, which when you think about like a family farm or a dairy or a ranch, and you come up to somebody and say, let's build a team map. They're not going to get like real excited. Like that's not language that they want to hear. (laughs) Uh, But so how I position it with some of those more traditional or not um, corporate lingo type of environments is, hey, you've spent time really diving into your machinery, understanding what needs to be repaired, what kind of uh, you know routine maintenance needs to happen. The same thing needs to happen with the people who are working here, right? Like we need to know, let's diagnose the situation. Let's assess the situation. What, you know, which tractor doesn't need to have all the air filters replaced? Which tractor needs to have, uh, you know, new whatevers? Same thing with your people. This person is starting to get burnt out. 
we need to grease the squeaky wheel. Over here, this person seems to be living and thriving in all that they're doing. Awesome. Let's keep doing that with them. So you need to analyze the situation of your people too. And so that's like my version of saying, let's build a team map. Where does everybody fall? What's the status? And then what kind of conversations do we need to have with them to make sure they're getting the right updates, the right uh, routine maintenance, the right check-ins, the right, you know, whatever's. Um, so that's kind of how I position it with, like I said, family farms or, or dairies or ranches where building a team map and, and, and that kind of conversation isn't a super welcoming lingo. Um, but something else I, I like to say is like, you know what, it could, you've spent millions and millions of dollars investing in machinery, technology, equipment, turnover of personnel. This is a couple so expensive. It could be a couple hundred dollars to look at every single person on your farm and have these insights. And like the amount of ROI that could come with that is like mind blown. You know what I mean? It's like, you could spend a couple hundred dollars to really understand every single person's perspective and talents on your farm. And the return on that is you're keeping your, your staff happy. You're not having a turnover rate. You're not, you know, contributing to mental illnesses or frustrations or burnout or yep. things like that. Like you're filling your team's cup up. And like that to me is an investment that I think so many farms overlook. Like, you're going to pour thousands of dollars into air filters, but you won't spend a couple hundred bucks to understand the people that work for you. Like it's a no brainer. It's to so me. huge. Your people oh, are yeah. your biggest investment. They are your biggest asset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's because we can't see this mental space that we operate because it's all in our little heads and not yeah. in a huge combine that we can see. I think it's just very easy to dump money into something that we can physically see rather than looking inwards. The team map is the yield monitor for your people. Mm. I like that. I need to make a post about that. That is good. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But it's so true. I mean, it goes back to like the budging that we were talking about earlier. Like there needs to be, and I'm trying to figure this out for myself. Like how much do I want to invest in a, a business coach, you know, therapist, um, my regular business, other business, like it all needs to be parsed out, but you also need to make sure you're allocating funds for things that aren't, that are just abstract or becoming more at the forefront of our minds rather than a combine. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's becoming more and more important too, as we do more research around our brain. I think we know very little about how our brain actually works, but there's more studies coming out between the the connectiveness of our brain, our gut, our health, like our emotions, our outlook on life, how we operate. So I'm really excited for the next 20 years of research in that matter, because I really hope we can learn and apply that to our business. And I think you're in an amazing spot because you can take a lot of that and directly help your clients. Yeah. And, you know, I feel a little bad for my dad's generation and before because they didn't have these types of tools. There wasn't really a space for them to share what they were feeling. Like I couldn't talk about feelings with my dad in this capacity because it's just not something he's really done. I mean, I probably could, but it, it would take some finesse to make sure, you know, like 
we don't go too too deep too fast. But yeah. you know, I, I spoke at a conference uh, back in January um, for the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants on mental health and our work life balance. And at first, I was like, I'm going to get booed off the stage. Like these people are are not. I look at the crowd and they don't necessarily appear to be the kind of crowd that's like interested in talking about mental health. But honestly, the amount of people that I would say were, this is a guess, 65 and older that came up to me and they're like, wow, I never even thought about things in this way before. Like they didn't even give themselves the chance to think about how they were doing mentally because they had work to get done. And now that they had, they had like so many aha moments in that 45 minute session. And they're like, now I know how to tell my kids not to do what I did to spend 65 years grinding. So that way you could spend the last, you know, 20 of your retirement and like maybe not even be able to really enjoy it. And so like, they're saying like, there is a, a life balance that you can find. And so they're talking to their, probably 40, 50 year old children who are now taking over the business or, or running the farm or are off doing whatever. And they can say like, your work isn't your life. Like you only get one shot. Here's how we can balance it all. Here's things to think about, like be exactly where your feet are. If you're in the business and you're running and you're, 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 you know, going full force on whatever work that you're doing, do that, be there. But when you're home, be there. And so I gave them some tips on how to communicate that, how to set boundaries, how to stick to those boundaries. And the the feedback that I've gotten in the last couple of months from that has been a game changer. And I'm like, I just wish that somebody else would have talked about this in the agriculture industry years ago, years ago. And just think of where we could be today if we'd just taken five seconds to just like ask how we really are and what can we do about it? You know? Yeah. Well, emotions are a scary thing. It, it's they're hard so to confront. Scary. It's so scary, but they're there and they're real and they're not going to go away. Yep. That's for sure. Got to learn how to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Casey, this has been really cool. I love your perspective, what you're doing on helping the agriculture industry. We've covered a lot. And I guess I just would love to end with, you know, a couple things that you'd like to leave our listeners with. You know, I know we've talked about quite a few things, um, goal setting, some budgeting, a lot of mindset, a lot of connectivity, your passion, um, some of your background on how you got into this. Um, But I'd really like to leave our listeners with just one thing um, that they could kind of take away to to their home and in their farms. Um, I would say the the one thing is just, you know, you life is so stinking short. I remember uh, a couple of months ago, I was talking to my mom about like, our our succession plan on the farm. And, you know, I'm one of four girls. And we were talking about, okay, well, I'm really good at doing this on the farm. And my sister's really good at doing this. So if something were to happen to both of my parents at the same time, and, and we had to figure out how to take over the farm immediately, this sister would be in charge of that. And this sister would be in charge of that. And then we talked about like, okay, we need to build a trust for this and put a trust in here for that. And then my oldest sister passes away. And I was like, holy cow, like my mom and I had just gone through this conversation 
of what life was going to look like. We had this big plan. Mm -hmm. And then three days later, my sister passes away. And wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Uh, It's one of those things. It's just like, you know, you can't take it back. Like there's nothing you can do, but no matter how much you plan for the future, like it can change in an instant. And so you know, my biggest piece of advice, the one thing I would leave you with is just to know, like, it's important to have a plan. It's important to have intentionality, but just also know, like, you need to live now, no matter how much you prepare for the future you've, you've got right now. And that's the only thing that is promised to you. So yeah. become aware with who you, you know, who you are, be aware of the things that you can bring to the table, bring a, be aware of the things that the other people can bring to the table and live in now too. Like, don't just get stuck in the goal setting. Don't just get stuck in the planning for the future. That's all really, really important. But what is the future worth if it's taken away in three days from now? You know what I'm saying? So Mm that would be the one thing I would leave you with is don't be afraid to be here right now too. That's amazing. Thank you, Casey. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed today and I couldn't agree more. You have to live for today. And that's the purpose of doing all the work that you do, that I do, building freedom, building security so that you can enjoy the time with your family when it's go time and it's farming and you're planting, like it's go time. But when you're on the porch and you want to have some iced tea with your partner and just chill, like that's also important because that is why we're doing all of this is to enjoy life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Casey, thanks so much again. Where can listeners get a hold of you and learn more about you? I'm on all social media at Ag Coach Casey, which is K-A-C-E-E. And um, you can check out my website, CaseyBowl.com. All right. That's perfect. Well, listeners, you know what to do. And Casey, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, likewise. We'll talk soon. See you, listeners. Bye.